From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. We are so excited to have you listening to this. My name is Eric Wakeling, and co-hosting today... Back by popular demand. Yeah, it's me, I'm Ben Harris. Hey, everyone. <laughs> it's good to have you, Ben. It's good to be here. All right, and we are interviewing together Trevor Brown. How are you doing, Trevor? Doing really well. Awesome. Really so well. we call you a music producer? Is that what we call you? That's that's what I do. That's awesome. I <laughs> that's know that's not, that's not your identity. I'm that's sorry. That's who I am. <laughs> but it's pretty cool, right? Like, it's pretty cool that's what you get to do. That is, it's an insane job. It is the dream job. It's, uh, you get a lot of recognition without having to go tour and do all the random stuff. So it's, it's, it's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. So we're going to get to like some of the cool stuff that you've been able to work on and some of that stuff that you've done. But first we always just love telling, like asking people, what's your Calvary origin story? Because you're a Calvary, you as a Calvary kid, right? Yes, I did. I, uh, I was at Calvary for, um, like my whole childhood. And then for like my middle school years went off to Kindred because Chuck Obrimsky. Yep. Yeah, kind of stepped out and did uh, started a church. We were there for like my middle school years, and then high school I came back, and uh, yeah, for all of high school I was at Calvary, and then college Calvary. So yeah, I've been yeah. at Calvary ever since. That's right. That's awesome. Just like mm-hmm. you, Ben. That's right. Born <laughs> and raised. And when in there, like, what was like your process of coming to know and follow Jesus for real for you? You know, man, I think it's it's constantly. Um, re just re showing up and everything like that. Cause I grew up as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was taught that. And then, uh, once I left for, once I left for Germany and I had all the freedom on my own, just, mm. I was just by myself in a foreign country in a band. Like that's when like the rubber hit the road. And I was just like, okay, I have the choice now to yeah. make the decisions I was like raised to, to do. Or make decisions that I feel like making because whatever, it feels cool to make those decisions. And mm-hmm. so I think that's like in Germany is kind of it was like a defining moment as a Christian because I don't think I don't think God was ever just like, you know, just like leaving me alone or whatever. Like, I think yeah. I honestly think that it was just like this, like God was just constantly right near me the whole way through, like wow. from age five onward, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. And that's an interesting thing because that's kind of what my like. That's sort of like what college was for me was going away and being on my own, you know? And Absolutely. Like, but you had this like crazy story, like, <laughs> which Dude. is, I want to, so I want to get into that because it's like, what do you mean Germany? People are like, what, what was Germany? And I'm so excited for that. But before we even do that, like, what was like, what was the first time you knew like music was something that was more for you than just like something you enjoyed listening to or even doing, but like it was maybe more about your life? Yeah. Um, I think, um, I always remember in school, if I had if I had the option to do a presentation, you know, just a regular presentation or add some little flair, like the flair for some reason automatically got me an A. So I was just like, oh, this is just how you succeed. You just add a little pizzazz to it. <laughs> That's and cool. I like so that. yeah, literally, like every presentation, I'd somehow incorporate music into it or something like that, or mm. like a lot of them, I'd try to make them extra creative just so I could get an A, yeah. you know? And like, other than that, I wasn't trying to like express myself or any form of music, music, but uh, I was just like, how can I get an A the easy yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that was it. And then uh, and then later on, like kind of in high school, I was playing lacrosse for a, for a while. And then, uh, I don't know, I just remember like this thought of like, I have to choose a path here. I can't just like, hmm. I can't give a half effort in both. So I just gotta choose. And I was like, well, I'm getting more attention doing the music thing, so <laughs> I love I that. Think, yeah, I honestly was like just, I guess, hungry for attention or something like that, <laughs> and so I, I stuck with music, and that was uh, that was kind of how I got yeah. into it. What, what, like, what was your music involvement as a kid? You know, were you playing? When did you start yeah. playing instruments and stuff like that? Um, I, I remember my my mom wanted me to take piano lessons, and I hated piano, hated it. <laughs> I wish I had a mom that made me play piano Same. lessons. You know, or take piano yeah. lessons. Same. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. like like now now I look back and I'm like, yeah. wow, that was amazing. But yep. at first, I hated it, and then um and then in fifth or sixth grade, they got a 
drum set for me for Christmas, but it had like the mesh top, like the okay. mesh heads. Yeah. Oh. So it wasn't loud. And okay. then, um, and then I was <laughs> like, never oh, I've is, never seen one of those. It's, it's, it's interesting. Okay. And, um, it's less fun. <laughs> and then I learned that if you flipped the drums over, they were actual drums oh, and nice. loud drums. Nice. And I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and so then I started playing drums. That was my, like my first thing. And then, um. And then again, going back to attention, uh, I, you know, uh, there were some little, some girls that I had crushes on or something, and they're like, you can't bring your drum set around and impress them with right, that. Right. But you could bring your guitar around. There you yeah. go. So I learned the guitar, I learned a few songs, and then, uh, and that's what kind of got me into like, oh, I can play multiple instruments. Oh, I can do that. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. And so then uh, from there, I just kind of, I would, I would join bands. I took music lessons and they had like a battle of the bands thing. And so they kind of like put you in bands at your music school. So that's what I, that's kind of how I got into bands. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And so just how old are you when you're doing like bands and stuff? Like when you started doing bands, like sixth grade, like literally, cause this, it was so, it was so genius. This um, music school, they would, they would um, take all the students that were um, about the same skill level and put you in a band. So if you're like a mediocre drummer, they'd put you with a mediocre guitarist and a mediocre bassist or whatever. And they'd say, and like on Saturdays, you'd meet up, learn some songs. And then at the end of like four months, you'd have a performance. Nice. And so, and these are cover songs and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Okay, cool. So it'd be covers. And so then, um, and so they put me in a band with some other people. And then every year I just loved that. And so I would do this, um, this battle of the bands thing. Yeah. And, and then, um, they started doing that at the middle school as well. Cause yeah, I just remember they were like, That's yeah, cool. we're going to do a battle of the bands at Hughes middle school. And so I was like, <laughs> yes, it's so good my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally not the football player. You yeah, know, <laughs> I know dude. And I was so unathletic as a little kid. Yes. And then, yeah, I was just like, yeah, okay. I was so excited. Okay. Well, but, okay. You play music, but like, you're more than just a musician. Like you're actually really, really good. Like when, when do you feel like you feel like you really got to like hone into music and get as good as you are? You know what? Um, it's constant growing. I'm still growing and everyone will probably say that and would say that. But, uh, I would say once I started getting comfortable, um, as a drummer, that's when I started being like, Oh, I, I, I like, I'm pretty good at this. Like I remember like like early high school being like, okay, this is something I'm pretty good at. Like I feel, I feel confident in it. And like, Hmm. and I remember like Victor Estrada would invite me to go play on, on the like main stage at Calvary. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm good enough. I was, Dude, I was always in freaking Sean Murphy's shadow <laughs> as a drummer. Gosh, that guy's so good. Such a great musician. And I love Sean Murphy. But oh, I was, was really always in his drumming shadow. Yes. Just like, oh, man. And yeah. like he just wasn't there one day or something. And uh, and then or someone wasn't there. And then and Victor's like, I need a drummer. And, yeah. and he found me. That's awesome. And then I was like, yes, my moment. Yes. <laughs> That's well, incredible. Yeah, but then it probably showed that you were like definitely good enough to be able to play on that stage. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And That's like just cool. learning from people and just learning like that mistakes are okay. You know, sometimes yeah. mistakes happen and just kind of rolling with it and like just to be able to cover your mistakes that's a skill in itself and yeah yeah just so then okay so i just remember you know i knew you were sort of like a kid in the youth group that played and then also but that was kind of it to me you know and i kind of thought of you more as a drummer and Mm -hmm. then but then all of a sudden i'm like i hear like yeah trevor's like gone and is in a band in germany and i'm like wait what or so you know i'm just like yeah. i totally remember that i remember i'm mean, <laughs> hearing moment like, of like what well trevor's gonna be gone for a year I'm like, well, yeah well why yeah what's going on oh he's in germany oh that doesn't explain it he's in a, he's in a boy band wait what I know. Uh, there's more and more questions so tell us about what happened there yeah yeah well i'm gonna take you earlier okay okay because okay, when i was 13 um, I was on a show on MTV Tres called Making Menudo. Oh, yeah. I did know this, actually. But go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So that's what got it started. Um, I remember auditioning for it, and uh, and they basically flew me out to Miami. This was eighth grade. I remember this. I, I flew out to Miami, and um, I was on this show, and it was basically like making the band, but for a Latin boy band called Menudo. Yes. And so... Um, I mean, I like listen to the original Menudo. Right. Ricky yeah. Martin yeah. and everything. Yeah. And so that's, that's where he got to start. And so, okay. um, and so when I was out there, I, you know, I, I almost made it in the group. It, they, they had to get down to five and I was number six. And so, um, 
when we were number six, they were kind of prepping for who might be in the group. So they were mm. recording singles and recording all this music um, with all six of us. And whoever gets kicked off, they just cut out your verse and swap the other guy in. And so it was just like, just like brutal. I, I hope yeah. I make it. Yeah. And, um, and so I remember meeting so many producers. And this is going to come in later in the story. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and so, but I didn't make it into the group. Um, but I remember taking pictures with a bunch of producers and just being like, oh, wow, I'm meeting actual producers. This yeah. is so exciting. And let me tell you, these people went on to do some big things. One of the songwriters was Bruno Mars. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, one of the producers was Danger Hands, who did a bunch of Justin Timberlake. Okay. One of the, the A&Rs was Brandon Creed, who eventually went on to manage Bruno Mars in his career. Um, another right, uh, producer was Red One, who did all the Lady Gaga stuff. Oh, my gosh. Red One, Gaga. <laughs> so Red One. Oh, wow. Um, you had Carrie Hilson, who was on The Clutch. You had a bunch of other people, like just big, big names. Johnny Wright, who managed Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Whoa. Um, Charlie Walk, who's now the head of Republic Records. Like All of these people were getting their starts on this show. It was so crazy. Wow. And so... That was my starting point. And I was like, geez, Louise. Yeah. Let's go. And so then going from that and then going back to high school, you know, back to, uh, you know, high school group being like, (laughs) oh, I want to be doing, hanging with the greats, doing all that stuff. (laughs) And like, you know, just being a part of that and being like kind of having a taste of it. And then going back to just regular regular life was just kind of like, whoa. And then I was doing acting. Okay. At the time, I was doing this Nickelodeon show called True Jackson VP. And I, like then, the, I like the chuckle on mid-sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, but was, that's cool, though, to be able to be doing stuff like that. That shows you've got like, this talent performer. You know, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Again, it's the attention yeah. thing. And I was like, man, I'm getting attention doing this. <laughs> and then, um, wait, wait, hold on. Let's talk about this. Atten- you've, ta- you've done this attention thing a couple of times. Do you think of that as a negative or you think it's a positive? Um, I think it's a positive. Yeah. Like It's like a a peacock, you know, like showing its feathers. Everyone's got their little things that they're good at. And then yep. they want to like, you know, it's just your way of just being like, yep. yeah, this is my specialness or whatever. Right. Because I think in a it's good like way. everything can have a dark side, like personality types right. or whatever has like a way it's, of course. it's unhealthy. But for you, like this is a, this is a way that got to shape you. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I felt like, I felt like a peacock showing the feathers and being like, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yes. And like, and that's a cool thing. And yeah. so, um, and so, yeah, then from there I went to, um, I was doing all the acting and auditioning mm-hmm. and there was this one audition for a German pop band. They just wanted an American singer who could decently sing and wanted to go to Germany. Yeah. And so, um, I remember auditioning for it and they were like, uh, you know, are you, are you down to move to Germany? And I remember being like, no, definitely not. <laughs> wow. I do not want to go to Germany. Like that's the last place I want to go to. Yeah. It just didn't sound cool. I did. I just it didn't sound fun to me. And then um, I was talking to John McNamara, and yeah. uh, he gave me great advice. He said, Trev, you could keep making your little songs in your room, or you could be in the music industry. Wow. He's like, if you want to be in the music industry, you got to be in it. Yeah. You, you can't just like sit there waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> and so... Thank you, John McNamara. That was ultimately wow. super like good advice for Dude, your life, that right? Resonated yeah. in my head. Yeah. And so, um, so I went to Germany, and I uh-huh. and I, so uh, and then I was out there for two and a half years. This was like my, my senior year of high school, and so I was touring, yeah, for about two and a half years, and uh, it was. A wild time. And it was massive, right? I mean, I've seen, like, they recently just looked at a music mm-hmm. video. They're called The Black Pony, if people want to look at it. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll play you a clip here. The right Black now. Pony. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Zub, oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to say it with the German accent. The Schwarz Affair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so cool. And, yes. I mean, it's it's the full-on screaming girls, like, teenage, but it's kind of like pop punk to me, like, was the vibe. Yeah, it right? was. It's 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 kind of cool actually. I think it's not like terrible. It's not when you think boy band people are like, right. oh, is Justin it some, you know, is it cheesy? But it, I mean, it's sure it's got like a popness to it that yes. I actually thought it was kind of cool. But uh, you know, so like kids were just freaking out over you guys or what? Oh my gosh, it was. Um, well, basically, it was this project that this guy, this like rich German dude, he was like, he's kind of getting up there in his years, and. Uh, and he was just like, I'm, I'm going to do like a passion project. Okay. And so he had all this money just laying around. And so to show part of the passion, he's like, he asks his 10-year-old daughter, like, hey, what should I name the band? And she <laughs> goes, the Black Pony. 
we didn't have any say in that. No we're way. Like, we're like, really? The Black Pony? That's our name? Yeah, like, that's yeah. kind of, isn't that kind of lame? <laughs> and, uh, but, but, you know, he's like, I'm putting 2.5 million euros into it, so... <laughs> That's I'm going to make the decision. So yes. like, all right, cool. Okay. Right. That's, that's the thing. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was insane. Like it was just this band that just had loads of money yep. and loads of just, yeah, we Tons just had a of lot. marketing then. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not saying we got 2.5 million euros. <laughs> it didn't go to us. Right. It went to, towards the, the project, yep. the machine, everything. Like that. Yeah. Wow. But you're playing on stages with like lots of people watching. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. Dude, we were like opening for like a lot of people. I remember like, we played a show like we were opening for Jason Derulo. Okay. We were uh, opening for Natasha Bedingfield, who was pretty big at the oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was like Walk the Moon or whatever, Walk the Earth or something like that. Yep. I remember um, that. Like we were opening for some pretty big people, kind of playing our own big shows as well. We were really gaining some traction. Yep. And then, uh, and there yeah. were like these, like, I remember seeing pictures of you on kind of like the German Tiger Beat magazine, like the, yes. t- the teeny, the yes. teeny magazines, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like on the cover of these magazines. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. It's like, it's sort it's like funny now a little bit just cause I was grown ups or whatever. It's yeah, like, you know, yeah, looking yeah, exactly. back on that stuff's funny, but at the same time, it probably was pretty, like pretty awesome. Is so what cool. I would think. It yeah. was so surreal. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was one of the coolest experiences. And I remember being in it, being almost a little ungrateful. I feel bad like looking back because I was uh, like going back to what you said, like it was a little pop punk. Yeah. Now I, I grew up listening to like all these heavy bands, like Avenged Sevenfold right, or right. like Atreyu and they were like authentic and the real deal. <laughs> yeah. And they're like some heavy bands. And so then to be singing like these Jonas Brothers type songs and uh-huh. I was like, man, I'm doing a disservice to rock music. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Felt so unauthentic and then like, <laughs> so I think I kind of took it for granted a little bit but yeah. then now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was so lucky. I was like one of the luckiest guys of huh. all time to That's be a part cool. of that. So then you, okay, so you come from, you know, European fame mm-hmm. back to Calvary Church of Santa Ana. Yes. <laughs> you know, definitely a step up playing in the worship band with yours truly. That's right. Hey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so what was that transition back like? What was it like for you? Dude, again, getting another taste of like, oh, you know, getting out there, playing in front of people, doing all this, like making moves yeah. and seeing how the machine is operating. I was just like fired up about it. And then um, coming back, I was a little butthurt. Right. I was just like, I was like, oh, man, that's. Right. Less exciting for sure. Just yeah. and nor- then, normal life. Yeah. Right? Just like yeah. my friends are going to college. Hey, what do you want to do after class? I don't know. Yet. You know, just <laughs> yeah. Just like, all right. Yeah, but I want to go tour again hmm. and I want to go promote an album or something like that. I want to go make something. Um, and I just remember being a little bummed. I remember starting my own band here mm-hmm. um, called Good Walkers and just oh. trying to promote it and promote it. And there were some other bands happening at the time, like the Bash Dogs. They're still rocking and doing their thing. King Shelter was doing their yep. thing. Oh, yeah. These are some bands, like local high school, college group guys were doing. Yep. And these two bands were more popular than my band. So talk about an ego bruiser. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, these little high school bands are more pop. I toured. Yeah. I'm this. I'm so important. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thinking myself, like really bigging myself up. And then it was a great humbling experience because hmm. I was just like, man, these, these kids are crushing me Hmm. and I have way more experience under my belt and there's something more to it than just, you know, being touring and all that and stuff. I just remember that process was really challenging for me. (laughs) Yeah. So then like, where does, how, how do you lead then towards, you know, you're trying to make it in the sense of as a recording artist or whatever, or like to be a a star, you know, Mm -hmm. but then when does it sort of transition for you? Like, how do you get into producing? Well, I was actually producing um, some stuff for those bands. Okay. I would actually make deals. I would say, hey, I'll produce something for you yep. if I can borrow some of your musicians to play for my band. Ah. So that's kind of what I would do. So, like, Nate Barrett would play bass yeah. in my band, and I'd play bass in his. And, ah, okay. And, like, we had these, like, little, uh, like, deals going on of, yep. like, I would just be like, just, here, let me produce your stuff and, like... Right. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was kind of just doing it for the fun of it. That's what I was wondering. Like, had you been learning about like recording and production? Like, you yeah. Know, I like, mean, I've been around it so much. Yeah. Like I said, from age 13, I was doing that. And then, it, you know, again, with that German band, I was watching, we made two albums. And so I watched the process very carefully. And it was something that I was like, 
I just remember the only reason I learned it was so that I could make better demos for myself. Yeah. So that when the real producers came in, I had something presentable to play for them. Hmm. And so once that's my- wait, hold on. That's like an interesting lesson, though. I think for people, right? Yeah. Especially people that are wanting to be in this kind of business or or any creative process. I think is like. Honestly, even like even my my job, right, like is pay attention. Like so if you're able to be in a room that you, you know, pay attention and take advantage of that opportunity. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like just like you have so much to learn from anybody. I learned from from those bands, the Bash Dogs and King Shelter about like those guys were really authentic. I, I respected them for that. And so, you know, I was like I was just learning from them, learning from everyone. And then I just remember that transition from from getting getting my fix of like being on stage to being like oh we made a great song today hmm. and that was a fix in itself and then hmm. um, what sped up that transition was I was always playing guitar for these like pop songwriters up in LA so I was always just um, yeah playing for them and then I would watch them get record deals and I would be in these meetings because they'd have these record deal meetings and they would play live for the presidents of these labels or whatever, huh. these A and Rs and stuff, and um, and I would be their guitarist. Huh. So I'd be in the room watching them get a record deal, being like, "Dang it! I yeah. wish that was me." Yeah, you know. And then, um, but you weren't actually in those because it wasn't like a band; it was just like a person, yeah, kind of thing. They just needed a guitarist to play their songs with them, yeah. and like I would help them write their songs too. So that was, I didn't realize that that was a part too, but. Okay. Uh, but I just remember playing guitar and being like, dang it, dang it, dang it. I wish I was in your shoes. <laughs> oh. And then uh, and then I remember it got to the point where I was like, you know, running out of that black pony money. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. Um, and I was just playing guitar for these like 13-year-old kids and yeah. like playing at the Orange County Fair in front of like 13-year-olds. I'm like, by this time I'm like 20, 20 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, M- dude, my ego is so bruised yeah. at this point. Cause I'm like, oh, like these 13 year old kids can pull a bigger crowd than I can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is the and, life of a creative just filled with heartbreak? Like it's always oh, going to be all the way through the most successful. All even. the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's good enough. You're never like, you <laughs> yeah. never reach the mountaintop, Yeah, which is great. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, so I just remember being like, so bummed but then this one girl that got a record deal she worked with this producer who had a producer friend and the producer friend um needed a guitarist and so um they're like yeah this guy needs a guitarist to play for him tomorrow uh yeah his name's oak and i was like oak i only met one oak ever in my life and it was on that Menudo show. Uh-huh. And uh, and I took a picture with him, and I still have it. And uh, and I was like, is this the same guy? And so I had that picture, and then I went into the session that day, and I was like, yeah, that's the guy. That's crazy. <laughs> and so I met him. I was like, dude, I know you. We were in a project like years back. And he's like, wow, that's crazy, man. So we just kind of hit it off. We were talking mm. and stuff like that. And um, he would just kind of invite me back. Every, every session, he'd be like, hey, dude, I need a guitarist again. Would you be down? Wow. And I remember for like about like maybe about four months of my life, I was just like on standby always. Like I was just doing normal life in Orange County, going to church every Sunday, doing the thing, you know, and then but like this guy would every once in a while just call me and I had to just drop everything. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, I, I got to go to L.A. right now. Yep. And uh, and so he'd invite me and I, he'd be like at first it was like with Alessia Cara who um, had a huge moment and mm-hmm. then uh, still still crushing it. And then uh, and then um, he's like, hey, you should come play for some other guy, this guy, that guy. And then he's like, you should come to Jason Derulo. Whoa. Yeah. And then, oh, dude, come play at this Britney Spears one. Whoa. And I was just like blown away. And he would just invite me to all these sessions. And then uh, after that, he was just one day uh, I kind of like, I was like, hey, what if we put reverb on the side of the side chain of the guitar? He's like, oh, are you a producer? <sighs> and then I was like, uh, I know a little bit, but not enough. And and then he's like, well, yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. And um, wait, that's a <clears throat> just that's like a moment right there. That's incredible, yeah. That just you speaking up and that and you like probably had to you were oh. probably thinking about when do I say something, right? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, four months of like just yes. show up, play the guitar, leave. That's yeah. it. I didn't. I wasn't there to give my input yeah. because right. it wasn't my place to. Yeah. And so that was like talk about a fly in the wall moment. That was like. 
I'm watching so many songs happen with like these huge stars, like mega, mega stars, hmm. and just watching, just watching and watching and not saying anything, yeah. just listening. And uh, it was crazy. And so then one day, um, Oak was, he's like, hey, let me help you grab your guitars and bring them to your car. And he goes, Trevor, do you want me to train you as a producer? <laughs> and dude, my gut reaction again was no. Oh. I didn't say it, but I remember, like, I feel like an eternity passed when he asked me that question because I remember thinking <laughs> in that moment, he's like, hey, do you, wanna, do you want me to train you as a producer? And watching what it took to do this job, I was like, I'm going to have to give up my band. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. give up my everything else that I've wanted so that I can do this job well. Hmm. And I didn't want to give up my band, I, but I... I just knew it was time to because I'm watching these 13-year-old kids crush it. <laughs> I'm watching these other high school bands blow up bigger than me. And I'm just like, oh, this is not, it's not working for me. So maybe this is, this is an open door right here. Yeah. And so in that, in that little pause, I thought all these things. And then I just said, yes, huh. I'd love for you to train me as a producer. Wow. And so from there, he kind of took me under his wing and just would invite me and be, you know, kind of give me pointers and tips yep. and yep. things like that. And just bring me into these big rooms of mm. really high, high up there songwriters and artists and things like that. And so, again, I got to be I still I was still a fly on the wall, but I had more input. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a wild, wild transition yeah. from artist to producer. Yeah, that's it. Just that moment, too, of that. You know, when you said there's that pause and it's like a million, you can kind of see the movie version of that, you know, where yeah, the guy's like yes. thinking about all the stuff. Yes. But then he fi- he does finally say yes. And it's mm-hmm. like you could have let pride of wanting to be a superstar yourself or whatever or to be hardcore and like yeah. authentic or, you know, whatever that is, which is I mean, a whole we can talk about that as a whole oh, yeah. issue. But um, is just like you could have said no out of this pride. Yeah. And you could have like really wrecked your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and you, lost a dream and whatever. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It was crazy. I just remember that it was like, it was one of those defining moments that I was just like, wow. And like, sure enough, like that, like Oak was in my wedding, uh, you know, like, hmm. like my uh, other guy that I produced with Zaire, he was, he was in the wedding too. Like these guys became so close with me and like, yeah, it's wow. been like the greatest journey of all time. Like just to be to, to do that and to watch and to build up other superstars and cool. to, to do that. So yeah, it's been what, cool. Like what, what is a producer though? Like, I don't know if, I think some people might like always hear a producer and they're just like, uh, what do you do actually? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And I struggled with that because I thought a producer was the guy that does everything. Mm-hmm. The guy that like, Oh, I play guitar. I play drums. I sing I this. I can do the writing. I can do, I can do the computer stuff. I yeah. Can do I can do yeah. it all. And, um, I remember there was this session that I, it was for Nelly, and um, and I was so. Uh, this is where I did let my pride get the best of me. I uh, I there was all the there were all these people in the room, that did so many great things. They were like, there's this songwriter that was like that wrote this big song and that big song, who also played guitar and bass and basically did what I did. Okay. And you know everyone else was everyone else had their jobs and I was like I'm just here doing nothing. I'm. J- I'm just going to leave. I'm out of here. I walked out. I didn't even say a word. I left. And Oak called me that night and he's, he was like, dude, why would you leave? I was like, well, cause I wasn't doing anything. And like, that's, I felt, I don't know. I just felt bad. And I just, I don't know. I, I was pretty, again, ego bruised. And, yeah. uh, and he's like, dude, I didn't invite you to play guitar. I invited you to be a producer and I didn't get that. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, Trev, like if you know, he's like, basically like, think of Quincy Jones for, uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. He didn't play any of the instruments. Yeah. He didn't sing. He didn't do anything. He just said, you play the drums, you play the bass, you do this. He had vision. Yeah. And so Oak kind of taught me, like, he's like, dude, your job is to take the beginning of the conception of this song all the way to the finish line <laughs> to being on the radio. Yeah. That's your job. And whatever that takes, if that means you know, swallowing your pride and hiring a better guitarist. Or mm-hmm. if that means hiring a vocal producer to come in and do a better vocal arrangement than you can, mm-hmm. then do that. But whatever it takes to get from the beginning of the song all the way to a finished product, 
That's your job. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that helps. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's my job. Okay, so then <laughs> which you, I mean, yeah. in itself is like that's a creative role. Like oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not necessarily like like being a part of the art. Yeah. Sometimes, but I mean, like that's just really cool to think like you have to make creative decisions in that. Like, oh, absolutely. That's so cool. You know who's a who is a producer in my mind is Ryan Rail. I think Ryan Rail is like a, <sighs> a major producer at Calvary because his job is just take. The beginning of an idea yep. and see it through all the way to the end. Yep. And yep. he does that really well. And I think that's a. Uh, yep. Yeah. Like that's he's like. Totally. And Trevor Barron's too is actually kind of like a producer here. Tre- exactly. You know? Trevor, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes. I think that that's really helpful. So, okay, real quick. And then I want to get into some uh, like other topics within this because I want to get into your expertise and like yeah. your. But like, so what are, again, some of the artists that you've worked on more recently so that people kind of have a sense of that? You yes. Know? Um, well, today is actually a big day. Uh, we worked with Lizzo, and she's nominated for a few Grammys. Yeah. So, this could be a That's big awesome. day. Yeah. I, I'm. I wow. might. I might win a Grammy today. Oh my god! Whoa! Like that's, today? Today? That's amazing! Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's, when you think about it. That's a pretty. As we're recording this literally, tonight, I'm yes, thinking tonight. like, wow, this could happen. Um, it's insane. Yeah. Um, we got to work with Demi Lovato. Uh, I have a little playlist because I I forget sometimes. <laughs> I made a, I made a so playlist much. on Spotify. That is, yeah. that is like the point when you know you're actually doing really well. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ah, who are all these famous people I've worked um, with? Yeah. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got to work with Chainsmokers and Five Seconds of Summer, hmm. um, Kehlani, uh, Alessia Cara, uh, pretty much, Alina Baraz, um, Andy Grammer, Oliver hmm. Heldens, uh, B. Miller. These are some people. Um, we got a couple songs coming out with Oliver Tree. Have you heard of this guy? This guy's crazy. No, I haven't. Oliver actually, Tree is. But I'm not cool. Like, <laughs> like we'll come back to him because he okay. he challenged my faith <laughs> in okay. a lot of great ways uh, um, through a song that we did that I was just like, what? Huh. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy's he's wacky. He's nuts and so creative and so awesome. Like so. Talk about authentic. He's huh. a, he's a really good dude. Well, let's get into it then, because like, yeah. okay, so because part of it that I want to talk to you about is what it's what's it like being a Christian in this music industry, which I think everybody can kind of like, you know, you watch like the Straight Outta Compton movie or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean, and you just think it's like full on drugs and prostitutes and <laughs> you know, which sometimes sure, it is. I'm sure sometimes that is right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what's yeah? How do you try to like live your faith, but you also don't want to be you know, you don't want to shut people down or shut people out or something like that. Right. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, I think it took a lot of mentorship, like, like, cause I, I had to ask these questions to people. Like I, I would ask, I remember it, I would ask like Tim Nellis that I'd ask Rick Bergstrom. Hmm. I'd ask these people and be like, dude, like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, cause certain times, you know, there are songs that are like, I fully disagree with them. Yeah. And there are other songs that I'm like, you know, this is great. Or I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. Cause sometimes, um, a lot of times being a producer, I'm not necessarily involved with the songwriting and the lyrics. Yeah. So we might come up with this crazy instrumental or this, this beat or something. And someone writes something so foul over it that you're just like, you're like, <laughs> and then it's like, whoa. I wrote this song, you yeah, know, it's like yeah. written by yeah. <laughs> Trevor Brown. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I wrote that baseline, but I didn't write, you know, mm-hmm. that lyric, whatever. But it's, it's just crazy. Cause I think you know, our job is to kind of see this through and like to get to the, from the beginning to the end, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of just immerse yourself in someone's world without, without a whole lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. And that can be tricky. Cause there are a lot of things that you're like, man, you, you're doing what you're doing this, you're, right, you know? Right. Right. And you just see it. But like, you just gotta kind of like immerse yourself in their world without judgment and just kind of just kind of listen and listen to what they're doing because it's uh, it's, I don't know what they're saying is really important. Like, dude, I was uh, I was chewing on that topic and I wrote down some some lyrics of some songs because people are saying things that are that I think are worth listening to. Like, there's this group called Brockhampton. Okay. And uh, they're like a rap collective, and so they have these lyrics like, "I move mountains on my own, don't need nobody help." change your mind when I change my life, better start believing in myself. Hmm. And we all now looking for, looking for God. So we never see it in ourselves. Should divine intervention move itself? It's hard to tell what the prayer compelled. You can find me dancing in between raindrops, trying to find a way to make the pain stop. Over time, the graveyard got a man feeling real. 
my instability's trademark, copywritten in all of my decisions. This is not supposed to be a way of living. Tear my te- tear my temple down into a prison. And I'm hearing a bar like that, and I'm like, mm. like these guys are just these crazy party guys. But yeah. they'll spit a verse like that, and I'm like, wow, that's some gold right there. Like, yeah, they're thinking about something beyond, deeper than just what you know. Yeah. yeah, and I think like <clears throat> being a you know facilitating these songs, sometimes you just got to be like, you just got to let them get it out and just be like, all right, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. Do you, do you ever get to be in a conversation with somebody about like their, their lyrics? Like, you know, just even if it just becomes a philosophical conversation, not trying to change, you know, their lyric, but yeah, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a fun part of the job too. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes you get to just ask someone, Hey, what'd you mean by that? Right. Hey, what'd you mean by this? And like, you just listen, you know, hmm. and you just listen to them and just listen to them talk and talk it out because sometimes they might be like well yeah i guess that doesn't make sense you know <laughs> yeah and right, then right, other right. times they're like let's go right but uh huh well okay so that that also kind of like leads me into this thing i want to talk about a little bit with you is like there is this thing of christian quote-unquote christian art or christian music right and it sort mm-hmm. of bugs me like i sort of hate the thing of labeling something as christian or non-christian because first of all like it's not a it's not a image bearing human being that it can't, it can't be a Christian. It's, it's music. It's yeah. a song, you know? And so like, that's where I just think that it, it's sort of a messed up whole proposition, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious of like what you think about sort of Christian versus non-Christian and some of that and creating art that is just art. Yeah. yeah. Um, you kind of texted me like that, that <laughs> thought this morning. So I, I was, I was chewing on it a bit and yeah. I, I think a verse that came to my mind was uh, Proverbs 423 and that was keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life Hmm. and so i just think of what we do music it's definitely the springs of life and it's part of it and i think you know what you're saying like christian art non-christian art i think whatever art you make is going to be what's in your heart you know and Mm -hmm. so if you are a christian you're just gonna do that like naturally yeah yeah i always think like a christian 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 music is because if you're a Christian and you're making music, then I guess it's Christian music. Right. Right. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it doesn't I mean, have to be like a Jesus song or right. whatever. I mean, yeah. what, as Christians, we're called to, you know, worship constantly. So everything that we're doing, whether it's, you know, working at a church or producing music or working on a factory line, it's like that is, you know, producing praise to God. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, dude, like, I think one of the biggest trailblazers for this whole topic is none other than. Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, that's Kanye right. West, man, that's right. has like he's really brought some great conversations to the forefront. And I think that's one of them because people ask him like, oh, you're making Christian music. He's like, well, no, I'm a Christian making music. Right. I'm a Christian who's a designer. So if you're going to play it like that, then yes, I'm making a Christian album. I'm making Christian Yeezys. I'm making Christian. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything is Christian in his life because that's who he is. And I think he is now Sorry, understanding that. I couldn't quite hear you. Oh, Could you please? <laughs> Hello, Siri. <laughs> yes. Siri's making some Christian art right now. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, but no, but like, okay, so that's interesting. Like, um, what's the what's the sort of chatter in, like, you know, in the room about Kanye when it's in the music industry, people? Oh, you know? dude, I love it because people want to write him off as crazy, which yeah. he is crazy. Right, there is. <laughs> He does seem like he's maybe a little Dude, crazy. I have a story. <laughs> I, I heard this story where this guy literally, he's making a beat. And this was before Kanye had this moment like mm-hmm. of like, a con, like he, he just, before he changed his life around. But yep. this is the kind of guy he was. He uh, He's like, this guy was making a beat for him. And he's like, hey, listen to this. And he gives him his headphones and he listens to it, takes his water bottle, pours it all over the guy's laptop. <laughs> and it's just like, pours all the water all over his laptop. And he's like, I'm trying to make art here. What is this? And like, and then, gosh. And then the guy's like, what did you just do? You just ruined my laptop. And yeah. then he tells us this, he tells his assistant, go buy him a new laptop. <laughs> like, like that what? That is like stuff of movies. Like yeah. what in the world? Yeah. And, oh, but man. this same guy is just that passionate now, I think about Christ. And mm-hmm. I think people want to write him off as just crazy and just like, but I think he's making a lot of sense. Yep. I'm hearing these things that are like game changers. Like even for me, um, like he was talking about Instagram even like how that can be such a, like a 
troubling thing for young mm-hmm. people. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, dude, it made me delete my Instagram just because I, I heard this interview of his because he's like, he was talking about how some images are like back in the day would have been like not safe for work. Right. And right. yet today you're just scrolling through them, seeing them all the time. And like you would get fired back in the day for, right. for looking at that during work. Yeah. And now it's like just normal. And I was just like, whoa. Right. That's I'm seeing that all the time. And so, yeah, Kanye's making a lot of sense. Yeah. And so like the industry is just like, oh, he's crazy. I'm like, dude, I think he's the most sane he's ever been. <laughs> like, uh, it's interesting. Like, what do you think then? Okay. So in light of some of the Kanye moment, but yeah. also in light of like your journey of trying to make art, like, yeah, yeah. how can, how do you think, you know, Christians should think about like creating art, like whether, you know, they're a Christian and they want to honor and glorify God with that, but they don't necessarily want to be on a Christian label or something, you know, like, Oh yeah. How can they, how, how do you think like a young kid can think about making this art, but he, he doesn't want to compromise, you mm-hmm. know, but, or she, but wants to, to make something, you know? Yeah. Um, man, that, that, that's, that's, huge. that's a fully loaded question. Yes. And I think, I think people will just kind of going back to that verse, yeah. it'll just spring from their heart. Right. And it will. So if they're like, f- like fully passionate about doing a full on like worship album, then that's what it is. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I even think about like, um, how, how like the Bible is full of like lamentations, yeah. like, like just fully lamenting, just like, mm-hmm. God, why this doesn't make sense. Yes. And I look at that verse that I just read, um, from Brockhampton yep. as like, dude, what's going on? Like, why do I, like, why mm-hmm. do I do these things? Or there's some other rap verses that I had written down to just like contrast, but like, I don't know, like, the, like, I think it's okay to just even lament a little bit or to, sure. to write about things besides praising God. Cause it's all over the Bible, yep. you know, yep. just like, you know, you even got Solomon who I would consider the rapper of the day because he had (laughs) women, gold. He had had all this stuff and he writes a book like, Hey, it's not worth it. Like he's writing these things and, um, and they're not necessarily like Christian books. They're just like advice books. Like, you know, and like a lot of it obviously points to God and glorifying God, but it's like a lot of it is just like day to day. Like, Hey, you're going to find yourself in a lot of pointless situations without glorifying God. Yeah. So, yep. And David as that songwriter too. I mean, a lot of his yeah. stuff's very angsty, you know, and it's like Definitely. angry and doubting and, you know, yeah. And yeah. it's just like life and, and life experience. Right. Like, I mean, it doesn't like a lot of songs are about heartbreak and love and whatever. Absolutely. Right. And it's like Christians have heartbreak and love. Yes. <laughs> and know? I think, I think these, <clears throat> like I said this earlier, I would love for any of the high school students, middle school students to hear this podcast. Like if, if yes. there are any parents listening, yes. show them this because I was in their shoes, chewing these things over, you know, like being like, what do I say? What, like, do I curse in my music? That's a big question. It is. Can you, can you say these certain words? And, uh, you know, again, I think it goes back to like, from your heart is that's where a lot of things are going to come. And like, you know, and, uh, I don't know. They're just all these questions that I think are, instead of being afraid of them, we should just tackle them and Mm -hmm. just go head on and, and, uh, and not be afraid to, be fully yourself. Cause I think you'll fully see what, like what your, what your true colors are in that. And then I think that's, that's where the mm. refinement can begin. Yeah. No, you that's know? good. Yeah. I think that's good. Cause I think really like what you're saying, it's kind of true for anybody, like yeah. in any career, it's like, if you just kind of take it down to this, where it's, it, it's what comes out of your true heart, as you're saying, um, yeah. it's like, well, okay, have a true heart. Like, you know, think about, your life. And so for these young people that are trying to make music or they're trying to become a lawyer or they're trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, do whatever job. And it's like, Hey, think about like, what is your heart between you and God? And what do you want your life to be about? And then it's like, just sing about that or practice law in that way or whatever. Right. And like, I, I mean, that's why I have so much respect for rappers because I think the rappers are the only ones really really saying how they feel hmm. even as disgusting as it is mm-hmm. um some of it you know some of it can be just what are they singing about but they're right. being real and they're being yep. unapologetic about it and we've been a part of some songs that um i've been like dude i so don't agree with this hmm. but they're being so real and i can't hold them to christian standards no no i can't hold not. some guy that's yeah. not a christian to like those standards so i'm just like 
Good for you, man. Yeah. Be be fully yourself and really put yourself on the line because that's that's where like the art feels so real and so like that's the stuff that you want to listen to. Yeah. Like even these comedians too, they're they're being real as well. And uh Yeah. And I think that's what the the draw to rap music is right now. And that's why when you look at the Spotify charts, like yeah. the top fifty, they're like mostly rap songs. Yeah. And I yeah. I just think they're just it's because they're just saying they're just being so real with themselves. Hmm. And uh yeah, it's and I think it's something worth like listening to and respecting. Yeah, that's cool. Man, that's Hey, what's it like when you have to be part of something that you just, cause I'm sure as a producer, you gotta be part of projects that you kind of just think are lame. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? So I don't know. You just have to like help them create the best version of them. Is that kind of what you do or that's, that's, I couldn't have said it better. Okay, that's, okay. that's literally it. Cause you're just like, I may not agree with it or, or like it or whatever, but I'm going to try and make the best version of this. Okay. Of whatever it is. If it's a, Yeah. I know. I don't want you. Don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, I was, I was thinking no, in my no, head. Exactly. Good job. Yes. Um, okay. This is awesome. Um, I, I feel like there's like so much in here that we could talk about for forever, but right. You know, but when it comes to this stuff, like, and I think it's so cool that if there's kids that are part of Calvary, even like mm-hmm. that, they could even like hit you up like after church or something like just, Hey Trevor, I'm thinking about this or, you know, dude, I literally welcome it because awesome. I remember searching for it while mm-hmm. I was in Calvary mm-hmm. and feeling that feeling of like, Oh man, nobody kind of gets what I like this big dream I have in my head. Yeah. And you know, fortunately for me, I got to meet Oak who took me under his wing yep. and you know, I always, I always think about those people and, uh, and I would love to be a person like that. So if there is like some high schooler that's like, Oh dude, I, I want to play guitar. I want to produce too. I'm like, please send me music, send me beats, send me, you know, guitar riffs that you got. I'll take that guitar riff and throw it in the next song or something. I don't know. That's rad. Like literally I'm so open to that because I want to be that person that was, that was, uh, like the kind of person that was there for me. That's cool. So Trevor's got this curly, long hair, guys. He's kind of like the male version of Melissa Broch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if so you see good. someone walking around with a daughter, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> I just mess with you. Um, all right. So Ben, why don't you take us into the lightning round? Well, yeah. I mean, I just want to say, I just want to say, I'm like encouraged by this. Like, I want to also encourage you. Just like that verse that you that you said, like I see that radiating from you. I'm like mm. I'm thankful that right. you are in that world, which is a really hard to break into, mm-hmm. and like God has like totally yes. ordained your path to be in that. Yep. But but two, like just who you are, like radiating God's joy and God's love, and like without any judgment, is like is what's going to you know like bring, you know, someone like a Kanye or, you know, some crazy artist that you have a relationship with to go, there's something different about this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I just want to encourage you in that. Like, that's really mm-hmm. a Dude, special thing. Let me hit you with a, a situation yes. that, that I was presented with. Um, cause this is, this is like a real situation. And I remember getting some great advice from Rick Bergstrom on this. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind that I'm like quoting him on this, but like I was asked, uh, if I would do a session for a porn star, um, cause a porn star wanted a song for her soundtrack. So I remember being like, what do I do? Like I'm a Christian and I'm not trying to make some pornography soundtrack. Yeah. Especially with the girl who's doing it. Yeah. Right. And I remember being like, what, what do I do? Like, I'm not like, I don't want to be involved with that. And I remember asking Rick about it and, um, He's like, dude, this girl needs Jesus. You know, yeah. we can't like, you know, now, now the decisions that are made after that, whatever, you know, like that's, that's worth figuring it out. And I, fortunately the session never ended up happening. So I didn't have to make that decision. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. But like, I just remember Rick saying like, dude, like we all need Jesus. And like, yeah. you might be the only thing that she has Yeah. to that. And then you just think of how, like Jesus's own interactions with, you know, adulterous women or Pharisees and these people that are like that the rest of society is like no way. And I remember, um, it's, it's a weird, it's kind of an icky thought to be like, Oh, I'm going to go in a session with a porn star and, and make a soundtrack for, Oh wait, 
I'm not sure if it was for her soundtrack for her thing, but I think it was just for she just wanted to make music. Produce music, yeah. yeah. And I just remember being so conflicted about that. And then, you know, just realizing that, like, it's not my job to, you know, judge her lifestyle. And because, I mean, anyone would tell her, like, hey, that's probably not the best lifestyle for you. Mm-hmm. But instead of just, like, running away from it and being like, you know, to be like, all right, to be even more um, solid in my faith and to be more you know, just grounded in that and ready and like ready to just do what God has in store. I don't know. It's just, I just remember that, that moment was like a really like weird moment. And so I think that's, that's where that kind of like comes in, like what you were talking about, right. just being a light there. That's, that's all you can really well, do. Yeah. I mean, I would so much rather have her interact with you to produce a song than some CD, you know, LA scene music producer. Like I would way rather have you be able to be, you know, yeah. If no, the light of if God. no light will go into darkness, then the darkness can never become light. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah. And you have to obviously have a lot of discernment and care Definitely. over how you handle yourself in that situation. Yeah. But yeah. And it's like, don't go into the darkness to become more dark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's like being, you know, checking yourself on that too. And, yeah. and some people are probably more prepared for that than others. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. So, um, wow. All right. So, okay. Let's take us, uh, let's take us into the lightning round, but let's lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Shall we? Okay. So, Hey, I have some questions. This is lightning round rapid fire. It's like first, like, just go ahead and clear your mind, right? Like first thing that comes to your head, you answer these questions. Oh man. Is that, is that fair? Is that cool? Okay. We got the ground rules set. (laughs) Okay. Trevor, what shampoo do you use? Garnier. (laughs) I love it. Uh, What are your top three favorite albums? Oh, um, Pinkerton by Weezer, um, The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, and uh, and College Dropout by Kanye West. Oh, there you go. Um, By the way, aren't Weezer? What didn't Weezer start as like producers that decided to kind of like become a band again? Wasn't it something like that? I don't think that was Weezer. Oh, was that somebody else? I, it might be someone else, but okay. yeah. I think, anyway, but I thought... Yeah. It, don't, Kanye was a producer. There you go. And don't lose hope for your own... Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, a donut from Oli Bully. Ooh, nice. That's excellent. What's your favorite <laughs> Black Pony song? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's called... Uh, oh, shoot. I can... Um, oh, man. I forget. It's called... Uh, uh, I can... Oh, shoot. What's the name of it? I haven't sung it in like 10 years. Is it Boys Are Crazy? Boys Are Crazy, sure. I'll say Boys Are Crazy, but but it's called Please Don't Hate Me. That's oh, please it. Don't hate me. Please Don't yeah. Hate Me. By the way, the lyrics to Boys Are Crazy, What you sent me that video earlier. Oh my I, gosh. I, I mean, I a little bit wanted to die, but it's awesome. It's ri- It was written for a girl. <laughs> yes. And then they gave it to us. Oh no. And they're like, no, dude, it's, it's, I'm like, isn't that a little, and they're like, no, man. <laughs> You know, we're like crazy boys. We're like boys that are crazy. I'm like, that so, was written for a girl. Yeah, so Google, the Black Pony, boys are crazy <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> who would be your dream artist to produce or work with? Ooh. Oh, Probably you two. Uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, man, I got to say, I, I'd love to work with Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Oh, I nice, love yeah. that. Gosh, it's so awesome. He's really cool. I saw them live like back when like the first album was like big. Dude. They're incredible. They're so, so underrated. Good. Yes, I love yeah, them. Yeah, it'd be him. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, Eric, you segued into this perfectly. Who's your least favorite band member of you two? <laughs> oh, 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 man. Least favorite band member? Ah, I, I, The Edge. What? Dude. Oh, that the, is the last person oh I gosh. thought you would say. The you could say anyone else. Dude, because The Edge. He gets, okay, I give it to him. He's got a million pedal boards and can do the soundscaping, and that's awesome. He's a produ- he's an engineer. He's he, a producer. He is, basically. He's not he a is. guitar player. I know. Yeah, he's and a that's songwriter. Why I'm like, and that's why I'm yeah. like, dude, you're, you have a guitar, but you're just, you're playing like one chord, like a C chord that turns into this eternity. I love this, this tension. Now. No, because, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> what's the point, though? Is it the point to write songs? You of all people, producer, you should be better <laughs> than this. I'm being devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I really don't I have a beef with you, too. I can't let I just, stand, but go on. Okay, next the, next, the next question on the rapid fire is, Eric, same question. Oh! <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, there's no right answer. This is like, my chil- which one of your children do you hate exactly. most? But, but I mean, Larry Mullen Jr. <laughs> but no, if you don't say if you don't say Bono, it's the wrong answer because even though Bono is the most famous one, like it's also like 
kind of core U2 fans will love everybody else more. It's yeah. kind of a weird thing like that. Because That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Even though Larry's yeah. like the simplest. I get it. It's just like simple, but he's so cool. I mean, he's a reverend also. Oh, wow. Know? I did not know that. Yeah, his name is the, the Reverend Larry Mullen Jr., his full name. <laughs> Wowzers. I don't know. I had no idea. <laughs> anyway. and, but Adam, I know I wouldn't and see Adam Clayton U2 without Bono. I wouldn't go watch a YouTube right. concert without Bono. No one would. Yeah, that's yeah. absurd. So, <laughs> and Adam Clayton just doesn't get mentioned at all. Like Adam that. Clayton is so cool, though. He's the coolest man that's ever he's, lived. Yeah, he's like chill. He just sits back. He kind of leans back, plays his bass, and just says, "Give me some money." Yeah, <laughs> man. That's anyway. Continue. Okay. That's yeah. Sorry. Next question, uh, Trevor. Do you know what enneagram number you are? I haven't done the enneagram thing, you don't so know I don't even know about anything about it. Okay, cool I, question, would, I would look into. <laughs> thank you. Maybe Eric. a five. I would look into five seven. I would look into seven. I'm a five. And yeah, a half. seven's like life the party performer. I think. Yep. Right? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I don't think that's me. Oh, okay. I, the seven is the enthusiast. Enthusiast. Okay, maybe I don't know. True. Maybe I am a seven. Who knows? <laughs> uh, what is your favorite thing that you have produced? Oh man. Um, I mean, yeah, you have to look at the list because you have okay. so much. Uh, okay. Depends if Lizzo wins the Grammy tonight. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. If, yep. if Lizzo wins a Grammy. Okay, there's this song we did called Waste My Youth by this artist named Galaxara. And it was so crazy, like, getting to do this song. I remember finishing this song and, like, working on it with everyone that we were working on it. And when it was done, we were like, this is a masterpiece. Like, and usually you don't pat yourself that much on the back. Sometimes you'll yeah. finish the song and be like, hey, that was pretty cool. Like, even the Lizzo song, I was just like... You know, like it was, it was great, but I was just like, it just didn't feel like it was this amazing song. Yeah. And then, but this song called "Waste My Youth," I was just like, wow, that is huh. a, that's a cool song. I like. I gotta look that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's rad. That's really cool. Uh, last question is less rapid fire. Uh, where have you seen God move the most in your work? Mm. I I think I've seen God move the most in conversations, because. Um, like our our group of guys, there's there's about like six of us up there that are producers. And so the six of us, we're all just chilling there and we have these crazy conversations like nothing is off the table. Like if you can't basically we are always playing devil's advocate. So like hmm. if someone's going to like call out the Holocaust, you got to be the one who can be able to defend Hitler. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. the kind of conversations we're having. So we always see the other perspective on things. Huh. And a lot of times in doing so people have been able to see the perspective of a Christian because it's not often represented up there. And so through these conversations, well, you know, you ask these questions that are kind of, they sound ridiculous. Like, Oh, like, cause uh, I, you know, I was saving myself for marriage. And so Hmm. they would ask Trev, would you have sex for, for $2 million? Hmm. And you know, I'd say, Oh no, or whatever. You say these answers and they're like, would you have sex for $10 billion or whatever? And then when you say no, it they say, well, that's messed up of you that you would do that. And then it, <laughs> and then it, and then it dives into the conversation yes. of what sanctity is. And then, and then they have to take the perspective of, okay, well, maybe, maybe that there's something to that. That's and by so just good. even offering that that perspective and just being in the room, yep, you're you're being that light. And so I think that's where God, God's light has moved the most is just been in the conversations that happen outside of the song. Yeah. You know, and just being there because we just and being willing to have those harder conversations too, where you're like willing to listen to somebody else's like crazy thing that oh, goes yeah. against God in some way. You didn't shut it off, right? You oh, kept dude. stayed open. Exactly. We did a song that was about like this guy. It's called like uh, it's called Savior, and it was just like the the lyrics were like um, uh, basically like. I am my own God, like mm. F a savior. I am my Whoa. own God. Like, Whoa. like, and he's just going full in like that. Like, just like talking about how he doesn't need religion, how he doesn't need this, how he does. It was a mockery of all religions, but right. You know, he's like saying like, I'm like, uh, Jesus, this, but Satan's son, uh, wow. you know, whatever he's saying all these things just to be like extra. But like right. yeah. the, those conversations that happened that day were really great. Because it was just like kind of, you know, I didn't have to like convert him, but yeah. I could just ask like, huh, what do you think about this? Oh, why do you feel that way about religion? Oh, why do you, you know? Yeah. And just that conversation that happens there, you know, he might go put out a song that's very blatantly against Christ hmm. and I'm a part of it technically. Right. Right. And, um, but I think that shying away from that would be 
kind of a bummer because then I didn't get to have that conversation. Yeah. You're out of the and, room where it happens kind of situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of knowing your limits too. Cause like, like sure. Eric, you were saying that like, if you're not ready for that, then right. you know, it might not be yeah. the, the room for you and you know, you might not be, um, God might not have you ready for that yet. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Dang. All right. So where can people find you and stuff like that? Are you like, a, cause you don't have Instagram anymore. So yeah, they can't, <laughs> if you know me, then cool. And if you don't, <laughs> shake my hand or something That's at awesome. church or okay i full love that. analog i like yeah it. <laughs> like dude i went off the grid and it, <laughs> it's really cool that is so, cool wow okay so yeah so for those kids that are looking for some some help and mentorship look for them at church at yeah church. i guess email me yeah Travorius555 awesome. at AOL.com. <laughs> is that really your email address? I swear. It That's is. Hilarious. I swear. I know it is. <laughs> That's so, so, yeah, just email me or something if you want to, like, send me music or just talk about wanting to get into music or literally, I will so go great. have coffee. I'll, you can come to the studio and hang. Like, if, oh, cool. literally, we have, the, we have people all the time. Like, that, that door is open nonstop. So, okay. So if anyone, if anyone is out there just being like, man, I kind of like music, but maybe it's not for me. Maybe it is. Yeah. Come up to the studio. Come up to LA. You know, we'll go get coffee and just hmm. go check it out. You That's know. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Trevor, and thanks for being open to all those people and just for being a light. You know? Yeah, we, of we course. appreciate that. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.